This is the Mark Stucheski Podcast. Moss Fries is the founder of the Growth Island Podcast on health, performance, and human well-being, covering more than 70 episodes with global experts, including doctors, scientists, psychologists, and entrepreneurs. One of his biggest passions is building health-related impact ventures, and he has co-built three successful startups with Kring. With his backup, in, with his background in management consulting experience from Deloitte and his own experience from startups, Moss started actively training startups and worked with over 150 global teams. Moss, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Mark, and thank you for having me on. I will say that you are the first person that ever had the name Moss on the show, and this is like episode 1060-something. I lost track. but uh, So you're the first Moss you are creating history on the show right now. I appreciate that. I'm guessing it might be the first from Denmark as well. Yeah. Now, you're originally from Denmark, but you live right now. You live in uh, Mexico. I am in Mexico right now. So I am from Denmark, and I love Denmark, but Denmark gets very cold. And I realized I'm not going to complain every single winter because it's not changing. Mm -hmm. So uh, I spend my winter somewhere warm. So Dominican Republic for a few months. And now I'm in Mexico where I'm teaching a bunch of uh, young Danes about personal development and communication. So that's why I'm here now. And if you didn't catch his whole name, it's Mas Fries. And I told him we had a massive freeze in Houston, Texas in February 2021. I used to live in Rochester, New York up until July 1997. And I'm like, no, I'm done. I'm going south. And so when we had a winter storm here. I'm like, what is this? This is not southern weather. So fortunately, that is that is very rare for us. I don't like the snow. It looks pretty on TV and in movies, but I don't want to live it anymore. I'm, I'll be 57 this June, and I don't want to be living through winter storms anymore. So I'm glad you're warm, and I'm warm, and we're ready to blow the eardrums of the listener of the show because we're going to talk a lot about habits and well-being. So let me ask you this. Where do you want to jump off? Because you have so much knowledge and so many different topics, but where would you like to start today? I think habits is one of the essential things. Everyone has habits. So how do we improve them? I, I agree with that. And everybody has read... They should have read Atomic Habits. Habits are so crucial to your life. And if you don't have habits, well, you, you do have habits. If you don't have good habits, you're going to default into bad habits. And I'm pretty sure you're going to say with me that you need, we need to make our default good habits and not bad habits, right? I fully agree. We really want to make sure that they're working for us instead of against us. Mm. And most people have habits working against them instead of for them. So how does one create a habit that serves them? A habit that is not going to pull them away from their goals and dreams, but it's going to propel them toward it. Mm -hmm. That's a good question, Mark. So many people just jump into like the latest trend. They heard something on a podcast and like, oh, that sounds awesome. I got to implement that. But they still have five other things that they tried to implement, but they didn't really implement. So the key thing is actually figuring out first, like, who do you want to be as a person? Like, who is it that you want to be? And then find the habits that support that instead of seeing something on Instagram somewhere else and be like, ah, that's amazing. Uh, I should do that as well. So the, the work starts actually a different place than most people would think. And that's sorting out who do you want to be? Who's mm -hmm. that identity? And then building habits out from that is much easier than going for those like, I want to run a, a marathon or I want to lose 10 kilos because what happens after someone loses 10 kilos? Mm -hmm. They gain it back right on, right? So we want to make sure that it's aligned on who we want to be. 
That's the first step. You know, what's interesting is I teach a lot of people about planning. And the first step I tell them, it's what's your why? And they're like, huh? Like, if you don't know what your why is, why are you even planning? Hmm. See, it goes together. Like you said, you got to know what you want to be when you grow up. Because if you don't know what you want to be grow up, how what habits are you going to install? So the same thing applies. I love how you said that. And I wonder how many people listening to this conversation right now have ever thought about that. Have they ever thought about what do they want to be? Not what you're doing now. What do you want to be? And I don't think a lot of people think like that. I think a lot of people are just in the moment. Like you said, they they read something. They saw something. They go, that's kind of cool. And they do it for a couple of days and they stop. Well, that's not a habit. No. And I definitely see what you're saying there. Like when I do a ton of workshops, I want to talk and so on. People often get surprised about this notion about figuring out who do you want to be. And most people haven't asked themselves that question for years. And it's crazy because like, but we get hijacked by cell phones, uh, the social media, and we're looking so much at other people's life instead of really thinking about how, what kind of life do we want to be, right? So it's just such, so essential that we stop up once in a while and figure out who do you want to be? Take the time. Like I would question any listeners who are like, when is the last time that you stopped up and just wrote down like, who do you want to be as a human being? What are your dreams and so on? And then compare that to how often that you go check someone else's life on social media. Mm. It's crazy the amount of time that we look on other people's life instead. Like we care more about ourselves than anyone else, yet we care more about other people's opinion about us than our own opinion. And I want to encourage the listener, what Moss is saying is not do it on your phone. I'm pretty sure you're thinking that. Okay, go go get one of these. This is the video, an audio podcast, but okay, go get a piece of paper, go get a notebook. Leave your phone behind or put your phone on do not disturb or turn it off and just sit with yourself and ask yourself, what do I want to be? And then start writing down your answers. Don't have your technology there. Well, I want to listen to music. Well, you know what's going to happen. You're going to start humming the song and like, and you're going to think about what you, the girl or guy you dated when you heard that song and you're not going to get anything done. So go someplace quiet, go to a local park. Go to a picnic bench far away from the crowd and just be present for yourself. Give yourself the gift of figuring out what you want to be. A lot of people, they won't do it because they have this FOMO. If they're not tied to the technology, but you're not going to get your answers, the true answers, the real you answers, unless you gift yourself that time alone when you can just be with yourself and your thoughts. And it's so important. We really like the cell phone has become such a central part of us. It's almost an implant and we don't like, I realized it the other day I was teaching uh, these young Danes about personal development and part of that we we're watching a movie and I had put my phone over at the screen so I didn't have my phone on and then suddenly like my hand like slipped down to like my pocket and I was like, <laughs> uh, like this is a... Uh, this is so crazy. The habit of just like reaching out for it. And there was like nothing specific that I was like, it wasn't a thought in my mind being like, ah, I got to ride back uh, my girlfriend. Or, hey, I got to do this. And so it was just like suddenly like, oh, I need to get my phone up. Right. So, so we really need to take some of those pauses. And those are like some, some powerful habits to have to like actually have time with yourself. And just be present with other people. I, I laugh when you talked about grabbing your phone because one of the things I try to do is I always have something to write with next to me. That way, if if a thought pops into my head, I could just grab my pen and write down what I want to do. And meanwhile, I can still maintain my conversation with you. Like every time I'm doing an interview, something happens. The guest will say something that I'll have to. Oh, that's right. I have to do X, Y, and Z later. 
well, I don't stop the interview and go do it. I just write down, okay, I'm maintaining eye contact, keeping the conversation going, call Uncle Fred. <laughs> that way I won't forget to call Uncle Fred, but I haven't grabbed my phone and started scrolling through Instagram and Twitter and, and Snapchat and LinkedIn. Now I'm saying focus. I wrote down what I need to do, and that's what you need to do. When you're doing this exercise, if a thought comes up and a thought will come up, you got to do this, you got to do that, just write it down so you won't forget, but don't open your phone and make a note because you know when you open the phone to check a note, you're going to see you got a WhatsApp message, a text message, a LinkedIn message. And then four hours later, you're like, oh, what was I doing? So just write it down in your notebook. You have to call Moss. Boom. That way, when you're done, you can call Moss later. A lot of people don't do that. That's why I tell people, don't do it on the technology. Do it on paper. That way, you can stay focused. Mm. But it's crazy how these phones, technology is hijacking our mind. Yet, There's such a powerful tool that we can use for good and mm -hmm. that can really help us live a fantastic life. Like the habit of how do you use social media? Do you use it to constantly getting get distracted? Do you have notifications coming up? We know from a study from uh, London University that having distractions, it wasn't done with phones, but there was emails and so on while you're working. You lose a fair bit of IQ points. Have you heard about the study, Mark? Not that so, particular study, but I've heard of other studies that do say that when you are endlessly and mindlessly scrolling endlessly on all these apps, you, obviously, if you think about it from a rational point of view, it, it's wasting brain cells. You're wasting not only brain cells, but you are wasting time because everyone on this planet only has a certain amount of time. And when that time is up for you, it's over. Mm -hmm. And so do you want to die while you're endlessly scrolling on Instagram? Or do you want to die doing something meaningful? And you get to choose. Yeah. And what they found out in the study, actually, if you have all these notifications, is you lose 10 IQ points. 10 IQ wow. points is the same as not sleeping for 36 hours. And in comparison, because people think they're so productive when they're sitting at work and notifications coming mm -hmm. and so on, someone that smokes weed loses four IQ points. Oh. Like, <laughs> so the homie sitting next to you is stoned. Uh, is more productive than the person sitting multitasking and thinking they're super efficient. I'm not recommending people to smoke weed at all. I just think it's a fun comparison. When I heard it the first time that someone explained it, I was like, that's crazy. Like, we think we're so productive sitting and multitasking all that stuff, but our brain are not really, like, they're not made to do that, and we're not really multitasking. We're just switching really fast between tasks. But going yep. back to how, like, our phones can be such a powerful tool, like, you can follow people on social media that inspires you. That makes you happy. That does that doesn't make you compare yourself to someone else and feel less. And you so can listen you, to this podcast. Exactly. You can go on a walk and you can listen to a podcast. You can go on your social media. You can do a cleanup. I did that with my students as well. We basically went in and said like, okay, what are profiles that makes you happy? When you see this stuff, you get inspired. You want to take action. What are profiles that are making you feel less about yourself? And those profiles, you just go unfollow. And then you put a limit on how much you go on the social media. You can put that on most phones as well. I know you can on iPhone mm -hmm. that you can put in like 10 minutes a day or 20 minutes a day. You go on these apps and then you go check also how much time you spend. Then you can start using the phone as a powerful tool for you instead of a uh, phone actually using you. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's, it's so fantastic how we can learn so much. Like you're saying, this podcast is available for free. There's so much knowledge out there where we can empower ourselves. And just like we're talking about a diet, people talk so much about like what to eat, but we really need to think about what is it that we feed our mind with. That's just as important as what we feed our mouth with. You know, it's interesting. You just said something very um, profound. You know, this podcast is free. 
And I have been thinking about coming out with a paid podcast because in my experience of being on this planet 56 years, when people pay for something, they're more likely to pay attention and take action. When you're free, you listen to Masumi, then you go listen to Gary Vaynerchuk, and you go listen to Grant Cardone, you listen to Tony Robbins, and you're not taking action because it's all free. And there's something to be said about paying for something. I mean, the idea that I have in my mind is come up with a, a interview with you, for example, and just go over like the really light stuff for the free stuff. But if you want to go in depth, then you get the paid podcast because then you're going to pay more attention when you have skin in the game. You're more likely to do something. I know people that tell me all the time, oh, man, I love that guest you had lots of value. And I'm always saying, what did you do as a result of it? Well, uh, yeah, you didn't do anything. So you look at you telling me and Moss that you enjoyed our podcast while we thank you that we want you to go do something with the information. Just don't listen to it and go on about your day. But sadly, Moss, you're a podcaster and you know as well, most people who listen are just like, wow, that's great. And they move on. It's so true. And it's, it's actually a mistake that many coaches do is to sell themselves too cheap. And I tried when I was learning how to coach as well. I did free sessions and so on. I had people yep. show up for a session and had no idea what they wanted to talk about. And I think they're just like, oh, and I was like, okay, so what do you want to work on? I'm like, oh, I actually didn't think about that. And uh, <laughs> I was like, okay, dude, like, uh, like, um, so why did you schedule like getting mm-hmm. these coaching sessions, right? Like, I know I'm a, I appreciate that you think I'm a nice person, but so on, but like, please prep a little bit. And the more you charge for something, the more people appreciate it. Yep. And the same with Tony Robbins. Uh, I've been following him for years and I paid for his stuff. Uh, if you go to his events, I've been to both on uh, the Power Within and Date with Destiny. And because you pay so much money, you show up, you have full attention. And then he had the online session on the Power Within. And I paid for that, but it was fairly cheap. And I didn't pay half as much attention to it because I had already done it before. That was yep. one point. But it was also like, yeah, it wasn't that big of an investment. So I could might as well do other things. It's it's interesting how we place value on something that might be much more valuable. But if we don't pay for it, it's just it's not the same. How would you like to get my top five productivity tips for entrepreneurs absolutely free? Well, you can. All you have to do is go to top5productivitytips.com. That's the number five, top5productivitytips.com to get my, well, top five productivity tips for entrepreneurs. Yeah, it's like I have a monthly membership program and it's only $49 a month. And I'm amazed at the number of people who are members of the program. They never show up for the live training and they never watch the replays. And it's kind of like when I asked my entrepreneur friends about this, they said it's kind of like the the gym membership. It just hits your card every month. I mean, the money's nice, but I really, truly want to help people. And if you won't show up, you're not. I can't help you. Just just become just because you're a member of a gym doesn't mean you're going to get in shape. You have to go to the gym and you have to do the exercises. The weight doesn't come off. You don't get ripped muscles because you decided to pay for a gym membership. And it's the same with coaching, membership, no matter what it is. A book, even a book, you pay $20, $25 for a book. You've got to read the book, which takes time, and you got to apply what the author said. Just buying the book and putting it on your bookshelf 
what that doesn't do anything. It's not going to magically imprint your brain. And I, I, I really have a soft spot for people because I want them to become better tomorrow than they were today. And I'm hopefully that this interview with you is a catalyst for that happening in their lives. And I think we're just talking about that, Mark, as well, like the books, I think it's both on the reader, but it's also on the authors. Many authors are writing books that are too long with too many extra stories, even though we remember stories, and they don't have these call to actions. When I read Tony Robbins' book, Awaking a Giant Within, he has so many like call to actions, like you have to do an exercise. And he like, he keeps going at you in the text, like he's sitting in front of you being like, dude, do this exercise, otherwise you're not getting value. And when I wrote my book, Winning Habits and Routines, I did the same. So it's basically more like a workshop, again, because I want people to actually transform. I want to help people make changes in their life. So the book is much more with exercises than a lot of long stories. So it's like short theory, people can understand it and then apply it. So it's basically more like a workbook than just an inspiration book. That That is so great. I'm right now in my Grant Cardone phase. So I'm reading all his books and I've gone, just went to 10X Growth Con and, you know, just find somebody, dear listener, find somebody who you resonate with, who is where you want to go and just go all in. Don't go to one webinar and another webinar, another training and read this book. Just focus on one person, Tony Robbins, Grant Cardone, Gary Vaynerchuk. I don't care who it is. As long as they are where you want to be now, then I want you to study them, follow them on social media, look at what they're doing, not just hearing what they're saying. What are they doing? And that's really important. I made the mistake in the years past is I was trying to follow too many people, go to too many webinars, too many trainings. And I decided to start focusing. And I decided to go with Grant Cardone, focusing on what he's doing. Because I found when I'm trying to listen to so many voices, I got confused and I wouldn't take action. But now that I'm laser focused just on what Grant teaches and like you're doing with Tony, now it's like, okay, now I'm just going to see what makes them tick. And you're going to get more out of it than if you're scattered. Do you agree with that? Totally. Because there's there's so much advice as well that goes in different directions. And you can get to the same place with different approaches, but you need to follow the approach fully. Mm -hmm. So when you're saying like mismatching between so many and like, oh, but this person said this and this person said this, like what's the true, like what should I do? Then you kind of get stuck. So I, I definitely agree that you follow one person in the start. You kind of implement as much as possible. And then it's easy afterwards to take the nuances from different individuals. Okay, let's talk about health before we wrap up today because we talked a lot about habits, but I know you're also big on health and well-being. So I don't know if you know this about me or not, but I have been running every single day since August 29, 2017, at least one mile. And I actually ran this morning, by the way. And if you're new to the show, these episodes are released the day after. So you're hearing this in April 5th. We just recorded this yesterday. So this is like the, the ink is still wet on the pages if this is our book. And so I've been running every day. And you know what started me running? This is so crazy. A lot of people don't know. Do you know why I started running every day? No. So during the weekend of August 25th through 27th, we had a major hurricane here in Houston, Hurricane Harvey. It dropped 51 inches of rain. Now, everyone was flooded. My wife and I, we didn't flood too much where we were, okay? But, you know, the streets were flooded. You couldn't go out anywhere. During that weekend, I happened to read an article on runnersworld.com that said, what I learned from running one mile a day for 250 days. And I remember saying to myself, you know, I could run a mile every day. And so when the storm finally left Houston on August 29th, I ran my first day and I've not stopped since. I 
running is such a part of my life that if the weather's not cooperating, I can't run in the morning. I get kind of like a grumpy old man because it's so part of my morning routine to, to run in the morning. In the wintertime, I have to run in the afternoon because I'm not going to run. It's 35 degrees. And it does get cold in Houston. But I love running, and I feel, as a 56-year-old, I don't feel in my 50s. I feel in my 40s because I'm taking care of my body. And a lot of people don't realize this. I, I will run on vacation. I will run on Christmas. I'll run every day of the year. And the thing that keeps me going, Moss, is starting over at one again. People say, take a day off. I said, no, I am not starting over with a single digit of one. That's not going to happen. So I think there's a caveat to that. I, I fully agree. And most people continue to, I think the rule never miss twice is yes. really useful. Yes. Because something can happen. Uh, and then you miss that once and you're like totally giving up starting like, oh, then I don't want to do it. Right. I think so many listeners can recognize that. When I learned the tip about don't miss twice, it made it much easier because something can happen, but I still keep going. But I never miss twice because you can always get back. And if you've lost that one day, I'm planning for that next day to make sure that I can really get that done that I want to do. But that's fantastic. You've been running that long. That's a good point. And, and I have run when I've had the flu. I've run when I've had back problems. And sometimes it's just a really painful, long one mile. But I do every day. Every day is every day. And here's the thing. Because I have committed to run every day, at least until age 100, it is disciplined into me in other areas of my life. So I am less likely to give up. Oh, I didn't sleep good. I still go for a run. I still get up and serve my clients. So when you have something like that, running, or maybe you meditate, whatever it is for you, once you get that streak so long, it has effects on other areas of your life because you're like, well, I still went out and ran when it was cold outside. So I'm not going to make an excuse when I need, I don't feel like sitting down to write my book. Yeah. Never miss twice the good thing, but I believe in keeping a straight going nonstop is going to give you strong discipline in all areas of your life as well. But that's also why habits are so important. It spills over. You don't need to start with 10 habits straight away. You start with one really good habit. Like you run every single day. Once you get that energy and that discipline, it's easier to do the next thing. So what do you like to do to stay healthy? I love to do all kinds of different sports. So surfing, kite surfing when I'm somewhere warm, <laughs> Muay Thai when I'm in Denmark, or basically just meeting up with friends. I, I went from wanting to do very specific sports to realizing that my social relations were more important to me and that not all of my friends wanted to do the same things. So as long as I'm doing one uh, active thing a day, then I'm a happy camper. So if that's meeting up with a friend who is not as sporty, that just want to do a, a, a small jog, or if it's meeting up doing like 15 minutes of like a, an app of like exercise, then that's good. But I love to do surfing, kite surfing, wakeboarding, snowboarding, Muay Thai, boxing, everything with a bit of adrenaline uh, is what really gets me going. What's Muay Thai? I've never heard of that before. Thai boxing. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Now, are you a big proponent that people should move regardless of their age? They should move every day? Definitely. And we see that, like, I think it's crazy, again, how it's become the norm to be unhealthy. It's crazy. Like, people are like, oh, why do you go to the gym so much? Like, it's suddenly, like, people have to defend eating real <laughs> food instead of eating junk. You're out eating and someone's like, oh, why are you not getting a burger with fries and a Coke? And I was like, yeah, because I want to eat real food. 
Like, <laughs> like I want to take care. I like, there's nothing wrong with me. I don't have like a lot of mental problems just because I'm eating healthy. But the society have really gotten it back this time. That is like, if you're doing something healthy, there's something wrong. Mm-hmm. And the same thing with exercise. We know like from primal health, uh, looking into like what people back in the days, so in the seventies and eighties, people were living quite long. A lot of people died by like, dumb things or like you got one disease and then you're out but the people that lived to like 70 or 80 back in the days they were healthy they were fit mm-hmm. and we have these role models as well that's why social media is good i don't remember this i saw this instagram post the other day with the with two ladies but one was like 78 i think and she was she was fit uh, and the other one as well that was 60 was fit and i sent it to my mom being like mom no excuses now you get now it's time to get going and she started exercising now and it's just for me is the is the number one thing to keep me the happiest is sleep and movement Mm. those are just things that if i have them in my day i'm I'm a happy camper you know what's interesting is when i was a child i was my parents only only son uh, only child actually and if i got to go to mcdonald's it was once a month and it was a treat now people eat at McDonald's, Wendy's, Burger King, et cetera, et cetera, for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And they're always going out to eat Starbucks and getting snacks. That was unheard of when I was growing up in the 70s and 80s. It was unheard of. No one did that. Now it's like, to use your word, it's so normal. It is the normal. You kind of have to defend it. Like eating healthy. It's crazy. I saw a video from when I was a small child. And it was fun to see the adults, right? All of them were skinny. There wasn't a single obese person out of like 30 people in a video, they were all smoking there as well, <laughs> uh, right in front of the kids. But but the food was just different. Like the same with me when I was a child, like there was one McDonald's in town and we might go there once a month. And the coolest thing was that we would get these toys. And the mm. food was also like the fries were good, I remember. But it was, I actually didn't like the the burger. I didn't like the, um, yeah, it just didn't taste as good. But the fries were good. And then the toys were amazing, right? I think we really need to take direct the power and, and start with one habit and it's figuring out is that eating healthier? Is it going for that run? Is it that moving or is it being more social with real people? Not just sitting on your screen, but just having a uh, real uh, time together with someone where you're fully present and you put your cell phone away so you can't see it. That having the cell phone on the phone as well takes part of the attention because you kind of see it where if you put it away so you can't see it, you have a better conversation. But movement is key. And we see yeah. that we can, like the oldest people that we've recorded is like 120 years old. When we look at the people that live the longest, they're active. I, I, you know, when people ask me, like, how are you going to run when you're 100? And I said, you know, there are people that started running in their 80s. They decided, I don't want to sit in a rocking chair all day and watch the world go by. Now, they don't run marathons and beat Usain Bolt out of Nigeria or, where, or South Africa, where he's from. But, you know, you can do something. You can do something. Maybe you go for a slow walk with your dog. You can do something. But you said something very key. Just start with one habit. Don't overwhelm yourself with trying to start with 5, 10, or 20. Just say, okay, what is one habit I can start doing today that I'm going to commit to doing every day? Now, don't say you're going to run like I do. Do something that you can do. And then when you start getting one day to 10 days to 50 days, like, wow, well, I'm going to do another habit. Then you start habit stacking. You start stacking them on top of each other. But start with one. So, listener, what is a habit that you want to start today? No more excuses. We're done with excuse making. We're done with the storytelling. What is something you want to start doing today that's going to benefit you? And then commit to doing it every day. Watch that habit make you into a better person. But it's got to start today. Don't no more. Don't wait anymore. I, so many people go, well, I'm going to wait till the first of next month. I'm going to wait till January 1st. I'm going to wait till the summer. 
no, no more delay. Start today. Fully agree. And a way to start as well is define what's the smallest winning step. I write a lot about that in my book as well. So let's say you want to run every day to keep it simple. Well, the smallest winning step might be one mile. You don't like, it's not that you have to run five miles every single day, but I bet that a lot of days you run more than one mile. Am I right? Yes. Yeah. Two to three is my average. Yeah. But you have that smallest winning step that you can always do. You can always go for that one mile. And for the listener, it might be 500 meters depending on where you are. And then you gradually uh, um, increase it. But you want to find that smallest winning step because it is a winning step to get you to the next level. Mm -hmm. So define that, get started today. If that's one push-up, I don't care, one push-up, in a half a year, it's going to be 10 push-ups that's your smallest winning step because it's so recent. And then it grows and grows from there. Absolutely. Well, we covered a lot of stuff on the show today. I really and truly hope the listener takes action because I look at you delivered a tons of value. I think I delivered tons of value. We want them to take action. So I know they're going to want to find, want to know more about you and what you're doing in the world. So how can they do that? My website, growthisland.com. So growthisland.com is where I have most of my stuff. And then I'm quite active on Instagram, which is Mass M. Fries. So M-A-D-S-M-F-R-I-I-S is where you can find me. Excellent. Well, I want to thank you for coming on the show today and sharing your thoughts with us about habits and the habits actually blended into the health and wellness and well-being really well. So it's a great podcast on habits. So thank you so much for being here today. Appreciate having me on, Mark. And before we go, I just want to say thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Mark Stucheski podcast. I know that there is an endless stream of options for you in this day and age, but you took the time to listen to the episode, and I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart. Don't forget to head on over to top5productivitytips.com and get my gift to you, my top five productivity tips. Remember, it's the number five in top5productivitytips.com. They will serve you well. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. We'll see you again real soon.